I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 315. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Before we get started today, if you are listening to this episode before April 24th, 2020, then I want to invite my female listeners and ask my male listeners to invite their favorite ladies to attend the Women's Conference at Maple Springs Baptist Church in Logansport, Louisiana, where I will be the keynote speaker in two sessions over a Friday evening and Saturday morning. You can find a link to the conference on my website at michellenizat.com. The conference theme is The Lord is My Strength and Song and I can't wait to dive in with everyone. The conference begins the evening of Friday, April 24th, and it ends a little afternoon on Saturday, April 25th. And even more exciting, the cost of the conference is covered by the lovely ladies at Maple Springs, so all you will have is travel and lodging. Well, I started putting together my notes for this week's podcast early last week. I began as I always do, sitting in God's Word, reading and studying and interacting Little did I know that our world would be so completely affected by the coronavirus pandemic. And as I record this episode, my state has closed all schools and churches are going to live feed only. And even the women's conference I planned to attend with my mom was canceled. Now, isn't it ironic that I'm using the song Smile by Sidewalk Prophets? I think not. (laughs) It is a wonderful reminder that there's always a reason to always choose joy And maybe in light of the crisis we find ourselves in all over the world, maybe you kind of disagree with that lyric. Well, the Bible has something to say about it. And before we dive into scripture, let's listen. There's always a reason to always choose joy. There's something deeper that the world can't destroy. Smile when you think you can't smile. Get up and dance. Smile. There's a bigger plan. The storm only lasts. So let's set aside our current circumstances for a few moments and let's go ahead and dive into scripture and let it shape the way we view our circumstances rather than the other way around. Now, there are 59 occurrences of the Greek word for joy in the New Testament. And then when you add in the 93 plus times joy or gladness are used in the Old Testament, you can see that the Bible has a lot to say about joy. Now, there is something unique about what we want to talk about today. That is choosing joy even when our circumstances aren't joyful. In fact, let's head over to James chapter 1 where we read this. In verse 2, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
Wow, there is a lot in there and there's a lot to unpack. And since these verses are at the beginning of a pretty short letter from James, um, sometimes we could kind of just stop there and miss the rest of the letter. But I want to recommend that you follow the bite of reading in context. And when it comes to short letters like this, I mean, just read the whole letter. All right, so what's a bite? By the way, it is a Bible interaction tool exercise. These are the exercises I use to study God's word every week. I use them to prepare for the podcast, and then I basically just pass on what I did in these exercises straight to you. So you can follow along each week, and you can do exactly as I do, or you can begin to build a repertoire of bites, your favorites, that you pull from as you interact with God's word on your own. Now, we use the bite of context so that we get a really good grasp of what the text is actually saying. For example, have you ever had anyone take what you've said out of context and it changes the meaning completely? Well, the same thing happens here. That's exactly what happens when we read a few verses and try to make life application from them without understanding them in light of the whole. So our first order of business is to understand what the text is saying. Then we want to see how it fits into the whole of scripture which by the way, takes some time until you've been exposed to the whole of scripture yourself, you are going to have to depend on those further down the path to help you on that step. And that's okay. And then you seek to understand what it means. And then you seek life application. So the first order of business is to read the letter James wrote the whole thing. It's five chapters. You can do it. And let's say you sit, you can't sit still long enough to read the five chapters and you prefer to learn um, by hearing. Well, then use an app like the Bible app from YouVersion and listen to it. You can listen to all five chapters of James in a span of about 15 minutes. I mean, you could do that while washing your face and brushing your teeth in the morning, or you could do that on a morning drive. I mean, I'm only a few uh, minutes, I'm a few miles from school, but I could even do that on a morning drive or even sitting quietly following along in your Bible while sipping coffee in the morning or a cup of tea in the evening, whatever, however place you can sneak in those 15 minutes, you can do it. And now that you've read or listened to the letter all the way through, then it's time to go back and read the envelope. That's another bite, by the way. And what do I mean by reading the envelope? Well, when you get a letter, you can look at the envelope to see when the date stamp was, who it's to, and who it's from. I mean, we have letters that come to our house, and I've been accused of opening my daughter's mail because I saw M, and I thought it was Michelle. And I mean, Meredith's finally at an age where she's getting mail, but I'm not used to that. And so I just open it on up, but it wasn't too Michelle, it was to Meredith. And so again, read the Bible, uh, read the envelope to see uh, where these letters that are in the Bible, who they're to, who they're from, when they're written. You are going to need a little help in this area. All of this information is not automatically in the text of the letter. So you can consult a study Bible or an online introduction to find out this information. And that's another bite, by the way. Refer to the introduction or an overview or an outline, um, either in a study Bible or online, and that will help you kind of um, gather these facts. But before we even head over to the introduction in our study Bibles, we can answer a few of the other uh, read the envelope questions by reading the text, like who's it from? Well, Verse 1 tells us it's written by James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 1 also tells us who it's to. It says it's to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad. 
Now, this information actually helps scholars determine when the letter was written, as well as historical information known about James. And so that's where that introduction comes in. For example, our letter doesn't say March 16th, 2020 at the top, right? But scholars believe that this letter was written between AD 48 and AD 52. And if this is true and the dating of all the other books in the New Testament are accurate, this letter is the first of its kind. James is the oldest book in the New Testament. So that's the timestamp on our envelope. But let's explore a little further who wrote this letter and then who it was written to. So if we understand the setting a little better, it will help us understand what James is trying to teach the readers in the context of the time frame that they were actually living. So in your introduction, you will learn that this letter was written by James, but not James, the brother of John, like one of the apostles, but James, the half brother of Jesus and a leader in the Jerusalem church. Now, depending on how detailed your study Bible or introduction resource is, you might be able to discover even more about the author of this letter. And sometimes I get geeked out in those moments as well. And let yourself do that. Let yourself kind of geek out and learn something new um, just for fun, even if it doesn't help you understand how to consider it joy in difficult trials. Okay, so who is this letter from James written to? Well, it's written to the 12 tribes dispersed abroad, as we saw in the text, but he's not writing to Gentiles. Okay, remember, this is the oldest book of the New Testament. So it was written when the dispersion was fresh. What happened when the believing, uh, when the Jews who believed in Messiah as the Christ, as their Savior, what happened when they went home to their hometowns and began to share their new faith in Christ? Well, eventually persecution spread with the dispersion of these Christian Jews throughout the Roman world. So now that we have a setting for when this letter was originally written, we can broach the subject that James James was challenging them with, and that is joy in the midst of trials. <laughs> How in the world? When James speaks of great joy here, he's not uh, talking about happiness. It is a settled peace. It's not an emotional response, but a deep-seated sense of confidence and well-being that enabled these believers to look beyond the difficulties and see the opportunity to become more like Jesus Christ. That is hard to understand. That is hard to receive because here you think, gosh, they, they accepted Christ and then they went back to their hometowns to spread the good news of the gospel and all it caused them was trouble. All they experienced was trial and suffering. And it is very difficult difficult to see purpose in suffering. And there will be some suffering for which the purpose is never revealed until we see our Savior face to face, even if it even matters then, to be honest. But let's read these verses again. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, it's at this point that I feel like I would understand better what James is really trying to say here if I knew more about the Greek words lying under the English translations, right? And so one of the best ways to get to the bottom of this is to follow the bite of reading in a variety of translations. You see, educated scholars work diligently to rightly handle the word of God when translating these Greek words 
into English. And so when you read in a variety of translations, you can sometimes see a variety of English words that may mean the same thing or approximately the same thing. And that is basically what happens when those scholars come together and say, okay, I think this is the best English word that represents what the author is originally, the original author is trying to originally say. Okay, so for example, when I look up James 1, 2, and I use BibleHub.com, I can see a variety of translations of that one verse all on the first page. Now, if you do this and you don't see a variety of translations, be sure that you're looking at only one verse at a time, or you can click the button that says parallel, and it will kind of show you that one verse in a variety of translations. And here for that first word, where in my, uh, the ESV, which is the, the, translation that I'm using to read to you today. It says, count it all joy. So when if I look up that word count in the phrase, count it all joy, I look for these various translations to see count it all joy. I see consider it an opportunity for great joy. I see consider it pure joy and esteem it all joy. So count, consider, and esteem. All right. In episode 224, when I used for King and Country's song Joy, I talked about letting joy lead out like a chief. Letting joy have the authority in our lives when we face trials, being the leader. And again, I'm not talking happiness. So you might go check that episode out because we did talk about um, uh, what that might look like. But it's a completely different discussion. Isn't that interesting, right? We're studying some of the same words, some of the same concepts. And the Lord has brought me in a completely different direction. And so isn't that the beauty of the living word of God? But again, I'm not talking about happiness. And I'm not talking about denial either. I'm suggesting that we like... I am not suggesting that we put our fingers in our ears and say, la, 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 and just pretend like the trial isn't hard and painful. It's what makes a trial a trial. You know, even James suggests that trials test our faith. And what is our faith? Our faith is our trust in God. This world pandemic is testing our trust in God, in his sovereignty and in his goodness you know, let's get raw and real. When my kids have to stay home for a month and learn remotely and it's inconvenient for me and for them, it's a trial and it can test our faith. You know, how we respond to trials can uh, reveal our depth of faith or our lack of faith in a heartbeat. And maybe your trial is not at all related to the current epidemic. So don't lose me here. But just how we respond to trials can reveal our depth or lack of of faith. Now, another bite is to do a word study. And you can see the meaning and usage of words throughout the Bible by using uh, resources like that, that what is shown on BibleHub.com. They have a way for you to click on the word and see a summary of the Greek word and what it means and when it's used and how it's used and all these other things. And when I plug in James 1, 3 and read, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. If I look over to the right at BibleHub.com and I can click on the blue word steadfastness, it's going to take me to a summary of that word. Now, another way to get there is to click interlinear, I-N-T, and then choose the word steadfastness from the verse there. But when you do a word study, it should never lead you down a path that is opposed 
to how scholars translate that word. Okay, so using a variety of translations can always be your guardrail uh, because sometimes if you 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 can you can chase a rabbit if you're not really trained in how to understand the Greek and the context and all of that. And I, I have to admit to you, I'm not. So I use those variety of translations as my guardrail. Uh, but when I click on the word steadfastness, I discover that it can mean steadfastness, endurance. And it means remaining under. And it says, especially as God enables the believer to remain or endure under the challenges he allots in life. Okay, so that seems like it fits in the translations of our verses here because some of them say steadfastness, some of them say um, perseverance, some say endurance. But I love this idea of remaining under. Because we're not freed from, we're remaining under. That's what makes it endurance, right? We have to endure. And so it goes on to say that steadfastness is the characteristic of a man who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. So let's slow down and take this in. We are to esteem the trial. We are to give the trials in our lives credit. We're to consider them an opportunity for joy or delight because we know that when our faith is tested, as it will be during trials, that it produces something good in us. That trial that tests our faith produces a characteristic in us that shows up as the ability to remain, to endure under the pressures of the trial, that it won't crush us. We remain under it, but we will not be crushed. That endurance is strength. That steadfastness, when you endure and keep enduring, that actually leads to something else. And what does James say it leads to? And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So when I do a quick word study on the word perfect there, I just, again, same way, I just click on the word in blue because holy cow, that word is loaded in our culture today. I'm not sure when I think what I think might be perfect is what exactly James is saying. So perfect here means complete in all its parts, full grown of full age, especially of the completeness of Christian character. So going through the necessary stages to reach the end goal. (laughs) Okay, so Christ-like character, that is our end goal. That is the prize. So if I'm beginning with the end in mind, and that is a grown-up, full-age, Christ-like character, one that doesn't respond in haste or petulance, in anger or in selfishness, in pride or any other sinful response. When I begin with that end in mind, Christ-like character, and I know that trials lead to that, then yes, I can smile. I can choose joy. Not a, not a made-up happiness that pretends it's not hard, but a settled peace. Not an emotional response, but a a deep-seated sense of confidence and well-being that, like the early believers James is writing to, looks beyond the difficulties and sees the opportunity to become more like Jesus Christ. So take a deep breath, look into the eyes of our Savior, and soak in His revealed Word and smile. So what's next? Dive into the letter of, from James this week. You can, if you're like me, you uh, read through it once 
or or you can listen to it in less than 15 minutes as we talked about, and then sit and soak in verses two through four. You read in a, tr- a variety of translations, take a shot at reading the word study summaries that are available to you online. Be honest with the Lord about how hard the trials of your life are, but thank him that he has revealed a purpose for them right here in his word. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat. Uh, Michelle L. Nizat is my uh, public Facebook page, and let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what uh, what song will be featured next week, I want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed recently, like Mary from Texas, Megan from Ohio, and Mary Jo from North Carolina. Welcome. And new subscribers to my website, here's what you'll get. You'll benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I use on the podcast It's a really great place to start. And then subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. In that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Well, this really encourages me, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Alive and Breathing by Matt Marr uh, to lead us to scripture. And if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 315. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.